97X, The Future of Rock and Roll, that was the Royal Crescent Mob with Two Sisters, Was Not Was with I Feel Better Than James Brown, and the set started with XTC and Love on a Farm Boy's Wages. How you doing? I'm Dave, the Mannix of Modern Rock. I'll be frisking everyone later and hopping in my Ford LTD. Uh, tonight at 1020, it's the Combo Listener's Choice six-pack featuring uh, longtime WXY listeners Bill dressed in leather with the weather and Randy the Redneck. You'll hear songs from the Beat Farmers, the Cramps, Fishbone, and more. That's coming up tonight. It's all brought to you by Coors Light six-pack here. Dave, yeah? no, uh-huh. I'm sorry. First of all, that was an excellent, that was a killer set that you just played there. But you didn't just play it because we're no longer at 97X. We're just yeah. doing a podcast about those days at the late, great 97X radio station in Oxford, later online. And we just reminisce about those days. And somehow, like when you get deep into your reverie, you think you're back on the air. But you're not. But the good news is, one of those uh, six-pack folks that you mentioned yeah. is here. Bill? We have Bill dressed in leather with the leather? No, and not dressed in leather with the weather either. But we have Randy the Redneck, the one and only. Randy, welcome. Working hard every day, working hard every day. Right. Once a redneck, always a redneck. Is that the case, Randy? You, you only get better at it. You only get better at it. Let, let me tell you a couple stories about Randy before we even get started. Proof that he's a redneck is I think he was at every home invasion the Breakfast Club had. <laughs> right? And at one of them, we went golfing afterwards. Randy and I and another listener, El Blanco, we went golfing. And Randy was wearing overalls that were cut off. They were tight, tight cut off because he cut the bottoms off. Do you remember that uh, little ensemble you had there, Randy? <laughs> I was on my birthday, and if you'll remember, Chris, I was wearing my Fred Flintstone golf cleats, too. I was going to get there. Every time he would go back with his three wood, his toes would clamp into the tee box. <laughs> and then he would swing and it was it was quite amazing it, it was it was we didn't always have the lowest score but we always had the most fun that is true and there was no Jim Nance calling him at the masters with that <laughs> I was gonna say probably not at a country club more like a public course it sounds like we went to the ones that didn't enforce the uh, the, the fashion laws well thank goodness or you where you had to have a collar and such and yeah. For obvious reasons. <laughs> but, but Randy made every home invasion that we had done as the Breakfast Club. Do you remember the one where Rick Tile was doing the, the weather forecast in the, in a little waiting pool? And his, uh, he had his Speedos on. I, had a, I made a point to get a pitcher full of ice cubes and pour them in one at a time. Just to psychologically, it was cold that morning. And I, I'm pretty sure... <laughs> Randy, we uh, he, he didn't know how to, how to come back with that. He, he, he stuck through it, though. He drove right through it. Not only do we remember that day, but Dave and I can never unsee that Rick Tile in a Speedo, no matter how much we try. Absolutely, absolutely. Scars you for life. Now, now tell us, how did you first find the station? Brett. Brett Hart. Uh, right. We had a mutual friend in Kevin Harris. He lived down the street from me. A kid in the, he was just kind of stuck in a wheelchair with muscular dystrophy. And uh, we we used to drive him to concerts and such. And uh, Brett and, and uh, Kevin were real good friends. And as I say, Kevin was a neighbor of mine. 
Yeah. And, and did you go to high school with Brett as well? Are you part of the Hamilton Mafia with Dan Reed? And... <laughs> there, there, there is no, there's, that doesn't exist. No, it's Mafia the, does not exist. It, it's the modern rock mafia because there the were so many great people that came out of Hamilton and the, uh, the TV and radio program that they had there. Right. Now, now I went to Fairfield, actually, but I, I do know most everybody that went through that, you know, uh, Mr. K. I played in a band called the Urinal Biscuits, and we played together a lot of different gigs with uh, the Prophets, the Okeanas. There's a, there's a bunch of good talent from this this part of the world at that, at that time. Remember, this is thirty years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, what was your what did you play in Urinal Biscuit? Uh, pretty much, it would offend as many people as possible. <laughs> it was an ever-changing playlist. I'll put it that way. Okay. And what what you were lead singer? What instrument? What did you- uh, we kind of passed it around. Yeah, I played some acoustic uh, rhythm guitar and sang and uh, played a little harmonica. Uh, we wrote a couple of things. Uh, the Toe Jam song. I don't know if Dave, Dave's ever heard the Toe Jam song. Yes, I've heard the Toe Jam song, yes. Uh, uh, Jeff, the drummer, came up with that one. and uh, He wrote that on a weekend in uh, Detox, I believe. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> every song has a story man um the other thing that i'll, I'll give uh, randy credit for uh, was he was instrumental along with uh, rick from big in iowa to do the uh you know the the bob burns fundraiser kind of tribute uh when they uh you know bob burns of big in iowa passed away suddenly a couple years ago uh, unfortunately the uh ended up being a horrible eight or nine inch snowstorm that day i think it was like 17. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was it was bad. But you know, well, Sonny Morgan played, and you picked up a lot of slack there too for us, Dave. You you kind of helped keep everything the loose ends. You seemed to tie them together while we were trying to scramble the bands on and off the stage. But uh, and, it was it was a it was and this pine box was absolutely fantastic that night. It was it was it just showed you know like Sonny and Randy and, and Rick. There is a tight musical community. Uh, that's just even just in the not even down to Cincinnati, just in the whole Hamilton and, and Middletown and, and Butler County area. You know, there's good music heritage there uh, that's still out there today. You know what? And, and I, you know, I, I'm doing a brag about this, but I think part of it's the legacy of 97X. That was pretty strong in that area. They played a lot of local musicians. I think that got people interested into playing, and I, I think the support of the station did for local players uh, was pretty important. Where do you listen to on the radio these days, Dave? There's nothing in town. After the X went off, you know, mm-hmm. kind of went to NKU. Yellow Springs is about the closest uh, college town station you can pick up anymore mm-hmm. with, that plays anything worth half a crap. There, there's a station now out of uh, Miami, Miami town, I believe. They're, they're Class X. They're yeah. playing older stuff, but they do play some B-sides, though, uh, so it's, it's something a little different. But you're not stuck totally with KRQ or WEBN, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Uh, but you they did uh, coin the term double shot. I'll give them credit for that. <laughs> and two for Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, two for and Rocktober. I mean, that's pretty impressive, Rocktober. But, Randy, how did you go from, like, okay, so Brett and, and another friend of his, and then you, you do, you heard about 97X that way. How did you go from there to being 
a presence at every home invasion? How do you ingratiate yourself into the station? I don't know, really. We had fun everywhere we went, I think, is one thing. If you, if you didn't have a good time with, with Dave and, and Phil and Brett, and all, it's your own damn fault. It certainly wasn't the fault of anybody, you know, but yourself, because with those guys hanging around, you had to hang around them probably more than I did or whatever. Uh, you know exactly what I'm saying. We go golfing. We go to home invasions. We went to... Uh, B&B Riverbrook Cruises. Mm-hmm. That's right. I remember going on one of them and listening to Dada. We went, Dada played live on a B&B Riverboat Cruise. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. I forgot a about good that. good time. It yeah. was a damn good time. Uh, Bogart's more often than not. Mm-hmm. Just take a regular regular night of the week. And who's playing at Bogart's tonight? Uh, the Reavers are, are playing. Well, who the hell are the Reavers? Well, I know the Reavers. Yeah. We went down and hung out with them. He used to have a ball messing with Phil Manning. Helping people save time and money by shopping at Evie's Quality Foods. I, I, I do my own thing. I've always done my own thing. That's that was part of the, the way that everybody up here listening to that station kind of felt, I think. Yep, I think you're right. All independent thinkers, that's for sure. Yeah. I remember one night we were down at the Bogarts party with the, uh, the group, the Godfathers. Yes. yes. We're, we, were, we were partying out of the back of my truck in one of the parking lots there. And the bass player missed the bus, and we kind of hung out down there until three or four o'clock in the morning. And this cat standing out there saying, hey, I missed me bus. Do you suppose you'd give me a ride to the motel? And this thick British accent is, he's got his arms outstretched like this, eh? Fountain Square, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so we're sitting down there drinking and, and getting killed, you know, all night long. And then I'm getting up the next morning and digging around gas lines with a backhoe at 7 a.m. So it was a, it was a hard life. <laughs> but somehow you know we all survived. I would say Randy met more artists than most of the DJs did and saw some of the best concerts. Like you brought up, you know, Godfather's Reavers, all those ones that you have seen, um, you know, Name some other art artists that you know. We've seen Southern Culture and the Skids together, but I know you've yeah, seen. Yeah. Ton, but but too who much, else have you seen? Too much joy. We've seen the Red Hot Chili Peppers before they really got big. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember. I don't remember if you was at that show or not. I know me and Brett were. Uh, they had, they told a story how they busted, but they were late getting in. And they were late because the bus broke down at a town in Indiana, Indiana somewhere, a small town in Indiana, and they all ended up getting a case of the crabs. They made it a point, made it a point to make sure that everybody in Bogarts knew this, <laughs> which I thought was rather interesting, you know. I know we saw Adrian Ballou together. Yeah. Uh, well, I, it seemed like it'd be easier to tell the ones that we didn't see because it would be a shorter list. Well, well it just shows you how many bands came through town, and I think part of it was because 97X played them, and they might not have uh, come to the Cincinnati area. Living Color, in Living Color, or Living Color. 
Yeah. Seen them, seen them open for the Stones. Oh, there's a story. Me and Brent went down there and uh, Frank Eby. Hi, this is Frank Eby, the Rock and Roll Grocery. Frank Eby shows up and we're down there at, at Riverfront Stadium with uh, pretty choice seats and we're talking to these two women behind us, me and Brett, talking to these two older women behind us and about this time, Brett says, look, there's Frank Eby. He's about 10 or 12 rows in front of us, pretty close to the handrail down at the bottom of this section. I said, well, let's goof on Frank. He says, so what should you do? I said, I got these two women behind us to go down to him and, and walk up to him with their tickets. Say, say, aren't you Frank Eby, the rock and roll grocer? Can we have your autograph? <laughs> they go down there and about the time he signs their ticket, his, his face lightens up like the sunshine coming up in the morning. He signs their tickets about the time he gets ready to hand them back to him. Me and Brett say, Frank, will you sign ours too? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know about me going to Phil, with Phil Manning to New York City for some kind of DJ consortium type thing? Okay, number one. Okay, Phil went, but he, were you like his his body man? How, his body man. Well, he, at the time, at the time, he was program director. For some reason or another, he got two of these tickets with with uh, lodging and everything on Times yeah. Square. And didn't have anybody he could really take or ask to go with him from the station that he felt comfortable with or whatever that yeah. that he wanted. Anyway, he asked me. He flew out. And the next day, I flew out on a different flight, and he introduced me as the uh, the listening part of the segment of this. <laughs> All these guys were either DJs or corporate rock guys or whatever. But some really cool stuff came out of it. We uh, met a whole there again. Met a whole bunch of bands. Went to lunch, got taken to lunch by a record exec, and this this girl was really cool, and I and I'm embarrassed that I can't remember her name because about two years after that, I went to a show down at Riverbend and was supposed to have tickets at Will Call, and when I told him my name, this girl was standing around the corner of that little hut there, you know, by the ticket, by the gate turnstile, and they didn't have my tickets, and she said, "What'd you say your name was?" And I told her, and she says. Weren't you with Bill Manning in New York City about two years ago? I, didn't I take you guys to lunch at a Chinese place? That, it was unreal. She said, make sure this guy gets in. I'll buy his ticket right now. It was, it was unreal. And like I said, who has a memory like that? I don't. I, I, after she reminded me of who she was, that I, but I still didn't recall her name. But it just it, like I said, the, the whole industry is just full of just wonderful people. I'm mm -hmm. sure there's it's full of a bunch of assholes too but I, I never did meet any of those i guess uh, you know i got lucky on that part of it but i was always, always on the front end of the stick it seemed i like how you were our professional listener that we would fly you out to, 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 it's like what the yeah, hell I was, I, yeah i was i was representing the, the listening masses that don't get to say much i, I probably always talk too much i'm phil manning and i don't have time to listen i brought my friend randy randy will listen and i'll step out we had a ball. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure you did, Randy. In my next life, I want to come back as Randy the Redneck instead of the <laughs> schmuck that's working overnights and taking it out to the dumpster overnight while you're freaking living it up and getting free lunches in New York City. <laughs> I know. It's okay. Uh, I've gotten over it. 
It's great talking to you guys. I'll let you, you go finish this thing yeah, up. We're, and, uh, hopefully, we're, you're going to clean it up some way, making me sound like a, a complete idiot. So no, we're not going to sound like George Clooney at the end of this. <laughs> 97X. Rock and roll takes a lot of hard work and smarts. You got to know a lot of stuff, like uh, uh, arithmetic uh, and earth science. And the presidents? Man, I thought being a rock star would be more fun than that. Nuh-uh. Rumblings from the Big Bush.